us your first thoughts on Scripture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of First Thoughts uh, featuring uh, us. So sorry about that, but um, <laughs> may still help to know who we are. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Happy to be with you um, for First Thoughts. Yeah. First Thoughts, for those who may not know, is we take a little look at the... We do a little miniature Bible study. We take a look at the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. We have a little chat about that, and we ask questions of the text. We maybe allow the text to ask questions of us, and dip our toe into the water for the week ahead, I suppose. Yeah. And for those of you who have been following along with our podcast in 2023, you'll know that we switched to the narrative lectionary uh, in the fall of 2023. So uh, we've been doing some pretty deep dives into some Old Testament passages. Um, the narrative lectionary doesn't offer really great options for the season of Advent. Uh, oh, okay. And so we've had, to, we've had to veer a little bit. And so the text that we're going to study this week is actually the revised common lectionary text for the third Sunday of Advent, as opposed to the narrative lectionary text. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. In part, it's one of my favorite texts in the season of Advent. And I... It'd be hard for me to go through Advent without preaching on this text, and I and I didn't actually preach on it last year, so I thought I, I got to bring it back up again this year. So there's there's your uh, there's your how the sausage is made behind the scenes, uh, how the text was selected here. So for you, those of you who are listening who might go to a church or be a pastor that preaches from the Revised Common Lectionary, this should be very helpful for you. For those of you who are narrative lectionary preachers and are trying to wrestle with these Old Testament texts for Advent, sorry, we're not so helpful this week. But uh, uh, go over to our friends at Bible Worm and listen to their podcast. They've done some good stuff uh, with the narrative lectionary text for this week. Uh, but we're not doing that. We're doing revised common lectionary. Yeah. And if none of that makes any sense to you, just keep listening because we're about to do a Bible study. But, you know, we're back. It's as though we like you know some, yeah you go to and you eat at the same place a lot uh-huh. and then I mean in every once in a while like, you know I'm gonna try some different stuff here right yeah. so we've been at the we've been at the deli counter and we've been ordering sandwiches that we're not as used to ordering that we've never right? tried before or a different mm-hmm. coffee or whatever you got there and now we're back now we're back to the give me the thing that I know. give me the regular <laughs> That's one of my number twenty eight please yeah. Is that your order at Dally's? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of the things that I aspired to as a kid, you'd watch movies or um, sitcoms, and somebody would walk into a restaurant, yeah. and they'd be so well-known that they could say to the waiter or waitress, give me the regular. Yeah. And I said, I want a point in my life where I am well-known enough in a place where I can walk in and say, give me the regular. Yeah. Like, does Dally start making your order before you even walk in? Um. Uh, uh, or before clo- before you get to the counter, right? pretty close. Um, yeah. Like like he grabs the meat for it for sure. Um, he still always asks me what bread I want, and then I change up the cheese oh. on him. But oh, yeah. um, you know, it turns out it's certainly not that hard to become like a regular at a place. Yeah, it's like three times. You go in three times and you order the same thing three times, and they'll they'll know it. Assuming it's the same person working all well, the time. Well, sure, right. But- yeah. So uh, we are regulars at Baristas, the mm, uh, mm-hmm. the coffee uh, kiosk. 
Yeah. Um, and so, and Jessica and I often walk there. Um, and it's a it's a drive through coffee kiosk, so we yeah. stand in line as walkers amongst the cars, and mm-hmm. it's a little uh, different. But anyways, we are regulars there, so they will see us out the window when we're standing in line behind multiple cars. And by the time we get to the window, they'll have our drinks ready for us and made for us. So I have achieved what was one of my childhood goals. I can say, give me the regular, and people know what that means. Yeah, which is great. It's great in that like it's done and it's ready when you get up to there. And it's nice to be known, mm-hmm. I suppose, in that way. It makes it really hard to change. That's that's also true. Because you get up to the window and it's made. It's like, already made. Well, I wasn't going to get something else, but mm-hmm. this is they already made this. So I guess yep. this is what I this is what I get again. Yeah. You know? Because you don't want to like make them make something else. Right. And I think you, you nailed it. It's, it's, the, it's the idea of being known. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, you know, one of yeah. one of my favorite uh, old sitcoms is Cheers, mm-hmm. in part because I think there are aspects of Cheers that function how the church should function when it's at its very best. It's a community because people are known yeah. there and they're cared for and loved and people are invested in one another's lives there. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, when everybody yells Norm, when Norm walks through the door, that makes Norm feel like he belongs. Yeah. And I want, I want people to feel that same way when they come to church. Yeah. And it's not as though all of the characters, we've gone far afield. But it's not as though all the characters on that show are really friends or really like each other. Mm-hmm. But there is also something about the place that keeps drawing them back to it. Right. Right? Like Carla and Cliff, Carla d- d- despises Cliff, or so she says, right? right. She softens over the years. I was going to say. Kind of. Um, but, there, like, you know, like there's something about the place that keeps drawing them back to it. Right. And it, yeah, it is that sense of community of being known, I think. And that's, I mean, that's the theme song, right? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Um, mm hmm. If you want another exploration on this particular theme, I wrote an article once for a magazine <laughs> about that. Uh, so we should probably study some scripture at some yeah, point. Yeah, I guess so. Let's have an opening prayer. Is <laughs> okay. it you or me? Well, how about you? Is do it, it me? It's yeah. me. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather and to reflect and ponder your holy word once more. As we begin our study this week, we ask that your presence. Um, might be with us, that our eyes, our hearts, our ears, our very selves might be opened to receiving your grace, your truth, your beauty, and your wisdom once more. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, oftentimes known as the Magnificat. So, And it reads something like this. And uh, this is the New Revised Standard Version. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. That's it. That's where it ends. I almost put an amen at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like it should have an amen. It does feel like a prayer, end, right? It's a, it's a it, yeah. prayer of, of rejoicing and a, a prayer, yeah, a prayer mm-hmm. to God, for sure. <laughs> Greg, what do you got? Um, so, What would you like to have? So for those of you who may have worshipped with us on Sunday, uh, we did the world premiere of a, a Advent choral cantata called The Bearers of the Divine. Um, and it was bookended with uh, passages from Luke chapter 1. It started with the Annunciation, where the uh, angel Gabriel told Mary she would be bearing the Christ child. And it ended with uh, portions of the Magnificat here. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be wise uh, to pick up on that theme for our worship on Sunday. Um, and also, as I uh, confessed earlier, this is one of my favorite Advent scriptures, uh, and it, I just love being able to reflect on it, particularly this year, after having just experienced um, the cantata and the bearers of the divine, because I think there are some some themes that run through this that are significant uh, for the season of Advent, but also for our walk as uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I wanted to pick up on those a little bit and... Uh, Spend some time with it. So, yeah. Yeah, this... um, So this is all in the first chapter of Luke. Um, And the first chapter of Luke doesn't start with Mary. It starts with Elkanah and Elizabeth. Right. No, not Elkanah. Zechariah. Zechariah. Zechariah and Elizabeth. Uh, Gabriel shows up to them. Shows up, not to them, shows up to Zechariah when he's praying in the temple or synagogue, one of the two, and uh, says, your wife is going to have a child. Um, and then Elizabeth does. And then uh, Gabriel shows up to Mary and says, you're going to have a, ch- a child. And part of that annunciation is Mary is... Uh, she's perplexed. She ponders what kind of greeting the angels is bringing. The ga- and then Gabriel reassures her. Um, and she asks, "How can this be? Uh, I'm I'm a virgin, and so on and so forth." But like, there's this sort of these doubts, questions associated with that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe five verses or six verses later. <laughs> She goes and visits her cousin. Correct. So time passes between the Annunciation. She's got to get from her house to her cousin's house. Yeah. Um, But it would jump really quick. Oh, yeah. It's sort of a... that to my soul magnifies the Lord. Yes. Um, Which is... Which is just... It's really interesting. Um, And so it'll be interesting to sort of ponder on. Now, this week, last week, we pondered a lot on the question. On the perplexity and the pondering. Yeah. It would be interesting this week to ponder on the, what does it mean? For my soul magnifies the Lord. Yeah. What does that, what does that mean? Um, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Yeah. Um, it would be interesting. So. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of the direction this is going. Specifically, um, the third Sunday of Advent this year we're celebrating as uh, the theme is joy. And so you have this really strong statement that she has she has shifted from being perplexed and pondering to joy, maybe not having lost all of her per- 
perplexions? Perplexities. Is it, that's a word, perplexities. Uh, and her ponderings, <laughs> but uh, sort of accepting this role as being the bearer of the divine and shifting into this joyful state. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's a state of joy that is not only about the fact that she's going to bear the divine, but that God is... Uh, God has chosen her for this, mm-hmm. and then and then what it means, uh, what the divine coming to Earth means, and it means a total turning over of the world systems uh, from a world that is going to be based in mercy and uh, justice and filling the hungry and help helping others, and so um, she is accepting this task and, and acknowledging the work that Jesus Christ will do in this world and that she has a, a role in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's excited for that role that she will play. Yeah. One of the questions that I have about this passage is in verse 48. For God has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Mm-hmm. When Mary uses that word lowliness or when the author of the gospel puts that word into Mary's mouth. Uh, what, is, what do you think that Mary means Yeah, it's, on the lowliness of the servant? That's a, that's, servant? that's a good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah. The, <laughs> I think uh, if we look at it as biblical scholars, um, sort of first century Palestinian unwed women would be on the lowest social standing. So social status. So that's part of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that God has looked with favor on her, despite the fact that she doesn't, she has no power in sure. no worldly power. Yeah. Which would make sense because, you know, a lot of these things that are anticipated reversals later on in the text are, are these sort of human social status Categories tied to the same thing, right? Yep. Like the the power he's pushed or pulled the powerful from their thrones, uh, lifted up the lowly, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's I mean that's that's my reading of it from from sort of that biblical scholar perspective. Culturally, um, people will talk about the meekness of Mary or that sort of thing. I don't buy into that as much. There's nothing meek about this proclamation. It's sort of like imagining Mary as this sort of uh, bashful, kind of uh, quiet, kind Lowly. of... Lowly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And What's I think... What's that... Um, oh, shoot. It's like a phrase. Like a, uh, uh, meek and mild? You know, like a, wither, like a withering or like a... Oh, a delicate flower? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that sort of idea, right? Yeah. Of Mary. Yeah, there's there's mm-hmm. there's virtually nothing delicate about this Magnificat uh, that she sings. No, it's proclaiming some pretty big things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that she has a role in it. And she's naming her role yeah. in it, right? And big, like they're big in terms of like social upheaval, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better phrase. And also big in terms of time. Right? right, like she said, surely from now on, all generations, generations will call me blessed. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a pretty bold claim. But she's not wrong, <laughs> no, right? She's not like if we look at the history mm-hmm. of the veneration of Mary, uh, she 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 had it right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and from now on, all generations will come as because of what God has done. Exactly. Right? It's not, yes. she's not saying because of what I'm about to do. Right. That's not uh, self-proclamation. Correct. In that sort of way, but because of what God has done or is about to do. Yeah. Though it is stated as completed action here. Isn't it? From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty, the mighty one, one has, has done, done great things for me. Yeah. And that might be that like completed and ongoing action thing yes. that we, sometimes we find. But Oh, wow, gosh. I can't even remember the name of that Greek. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Nope. But the, that's the there's a There's a particular way that a verb can be conjugated uh, in Greek. Not conjugated, but a verb tense in mm-hmm. Greek that is... Uh, yeah, it is My completed and ongoing. Yeah, indicates completed and ongoing action. Yes. like uh, The imperfect, in fact. It's called the imperfect tense of the verb. Okay. So it's a past tense, but it's an ongoing past tense. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's like... Hey, it, <laughs> some of that Greek study stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the door was locked and will continue to be locked. Yes. Kind of. That kind of idea. Yep. Right. Like, but there's a there's a verb tense in Greek that implies that where you don't have to repeat it twice like that, like you do in English. Yeah. The the powerful have been brought down and will continue to be brought down. Correct. The mighty one has done great things for me and is currently doing great things for me. Yes. Yes. That's the one. I believe it's called the imperfect tense. Uh, Those of you listening who are Greek scholars can certainly write in the comments whether or not I have that right. Yeah. One of the other, thinking about this idea of the lowliness of his servant, mm-hmm. also makes me think of, I think it's a psalm, um, uh, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, oh God? Just, the, it's just just like this general sort of, what are any of us as mortals right. in comparison to, to the divine? That sort of, and aren't we all lowly Servants. creatures? Yeah. In yeah, that, in that sort of a way. Yeah, I like that. I like that interpretation a lot too. Which is not necessarily like a self-defeating or a self-like chastising yeah. statement. It's just self-deprecating in comparison to God, to, to everything else. Right. Like, you know, what are we that that God is mindful of us? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, you made a slight edit to this for the cantata I did. last week, which I... And I was really tempted to do it right now, too. Uh, why didn't you? Well, because it's not. I just wanted to read it how it's presented. Okay. And then we can talk about it from there. So it's verse 55. According... So I'll start at 54. God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and Sarah... And to his descendants forever. And the and Sarah's not in there, but it was added in there. Uh, and it them. belongs there, quite frankly, particularly in light of the cantata that we did last week. But really, Abraham and his wouldn't have any descendants were it not for Sarah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and the descendants are Abraham and Sarah's. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so Sarah's name ought to be included in there. Yeah, it just I, it just makes sense, and, and I don't mean it um, like as some sort of you know big corrective um, to the text, but especially when we think about how similar Mary's 
story is right. to some of the women of faith who came before her. And even, um, so a lot of scholars will, will say that this Magnificat, I was wrong last week. It's, um, it's not Miriam. It's not, not Miriam's it's song. It's Hannah's song. Yeah. Um, that the, the it, words in this are very similar to a, a song or to a proclamation that Hannah gives um, after she has discovered that she is pregnant um, with a child who is Samuel. Right. Um, and so... Mary herself must seem see some sort of connection between what she is experiencing and what she knows that other women have experienced mm-hmm. before her. Um, yeah. And so it just, to me, makes sense to yeah. make that tip of the cap yeah. in some way, I suppose. So. so that would be a parenthetical addition to the text that, that I would agree with you probably yeah. belongs there yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah and for the cantata the, these parts that are the like social uh, what were we calling upheaval them earlier? yeah those I set off to the side yep. for the moment during during the cantata because I, I one I wanted to make sure that it fit in the measures that were provided by the music mm-hmm. <laughs> And two, I really want to focus on this because this generational yeah. component to this. Um, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Yep. There's this sort of referencing of what has come before. Um, and then the hope that that then continues into the future. And, right. Yeah. And that in part is also why I picked it up and I'm using it this week because it, it, it will be a continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. And a very fitting story for the season of Advent, right? Yeah. So. Certainly. Do you want to take a look at Psalm 126? Where are we at? Time-wise. Oh, I don't know. Let's just do it. Okay. Who cares? So. What is uh, time? Revised Common Lectionary does pair uh, this Luke passage with Psalm 126. Um, and I think you'll see why. Uh, so Psalm 126. In six verses, it reads something like this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negeb. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. May those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, those that does that sentence are the may. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Mm-hmm. Are we singing that that sheaves song on Sunday? No. Well, all right. You've referenced this. Every time we read this verse, you reference the Sheaves song, and you reference it as a Simpsons reference, not as a hymn reference. That's, yeah, Rod and Todd, they're always singing it. Yeah. Well, not one episode. They sing it a lot. Uh, and also, where else do you come across the word Sheaves? Yeah. So. There you have it. Okay, what's going on with this one? Just a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, a lot of restoration and a lot of joy. 
And that's really uh, why I think it's appropriately paired with uh, the Luke passage, because it highlights the, the joy that God's people will experience. Um, it's also very strong, this reversal. Mm-hmm. Like this is very, this idea of, you know, restoring the fortunes, you know, so then, you know, those who weep uh, will rejoice and, you know, that there's a very strong sense of, of reversal mm-hmm. in this passage as well, which ties in nicely with the Luke passage. Yeah. Got that it? That's, that's. That's it. I just think it's a it's a it's a nice poetic pairing with the Luke mm-hmm. passage, and uh, so we right. stuck with it. Well, should we have a prayer? Let's do that. All right. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, in this season of Advent, we give you thanks for the waiting and the hoping and the expectation. We give you thanks for the opportunity to pause for a moment, uh, to reflect on the things that matter, to uh, to reflect on the themes of peace and hope and joy and love. We ask you, God, that those themes would be ones that are part of our daily walk, even when it's not the season of Advent. That the time we spend reflecting on this during the season of Advent uh, builds us up to reflect on it throughout the year. We thank you for Mary and for the ways that she teaches us and blesses us with her teaching and the ways that she um, accepted the call to bear the divine, asked questions, and then responded with joy and love. Bless our continued study of the scripture this week. Bless the, the sharing of the scripture in church on Sunday. And bless and guide us on this Advent journey as we, uh, as we approach Christmas Eve and the joyful celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. In your holy and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. And that's all that we have to say about that. It is. So let's uh, talk about what's going on in the life of our church. As, uh, as I mentioned with uh, Advent, we're right in the, in the middle of it right now, right? There are four Sundays of Advent. We just celebrated the second Sunday. So we have two Sundays left. So worship this Sunday, December 17th. We'll have our contemplative worship in the chapel at 8.30. We will have our Christian Ed Hour. Um, mm-hmm. And then we will have our traditional worship in the sanctuary at 10.30. Yeah, there is no forum this week. Okay. Uh, we wrapped up forum with Hannah's um, discussions of, of the cantata. So there's no forum this week, but everything else continues. So yeah, uh, heirs of parent and Sunday school for kids and youth so yeah so we hope you'll join us for that um we have one more week of wednesday night live as well or two two. more weeks we have two more weeks Mm -hmm. right so uh we will have wednesday night live this week the 13th and then again on the 20th that is our programming for children and youth on wednesday nights we do a meal at five o'clock and then a 5 30 break into uh music as well as bible study Mm mm-hmm um, so we hope you can join us for that. Everyone's welcome at the meal. If you want to come have a meal with some awesome kids and their parents, come down to the church at five o'clock on Wednesday nights. Yeah. We've mentioned it several times that this past Sunday was the cantata, the bears of the divine. Uh, it's done. <laughs> 
But if folks missed it, they can check it out on the church's Facebook page if they want yes. to, or if they want to re-listen to it as well. There is also connected to the cantata a and and a a an Advent devotional uh-huh. that is also titled "Bears of the Divine." It's been mailed or emailed to everyone in the church, we think. But if you didn't get one, we have copies here. Please let us know. Uh, it's got a daily prayer for every day during Advent, and it wouldn't take long to get caught up if you feel like you're behind, or just start on today. It's fine. And also connected to that is a our annual. I don't know. We've done it the last few years. Reverse Advent calendar project. I think this is at least the fourth year. Something like that. Where we, each day there's a different item that has been requested by uh, one of our um, ministry partners in the community. Um, items in that they are in need of. And so we ask folks each day to either purchase that item and you know you can collect them all up at your house and, and bring them into the church. And then we distribute those to those agencies to help them uh, with their good and benevolent work in the world. So Indeed. Um, and then uh, the following Sunday after the one coming up on the 17th is uh, December 24th. And that will be both the fourth Sunday of Advent as well as Christmas Eve. Uh, so we'll have a Sunday morning worship, but it'll be a little different. Uh, for those of you who were with us last year, uh, Christmas or Sunday fell on a Christmas Day, the twenty fifth, and uh, I would say that Christmas Day fell on a Sunday. But <laughs> <laughs> I like it my way. You do it your way. You say tomato, I say tomato. Sunday but fell on a Christmas Day. <laughs> everybody got breakfast casserole, and that's what's what matters. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody who showed up to church got a breakfast casserole, and we're going to do that again. So Christmas Eve, not which, their own individual, not their own casserole. No, they got to share. Yeah, part of table fellowship. Mm-hmm. So Christmas Eve this year is on a Sunday. We'll have one service in the morning on Christmas Eve, which will be at ten thirty in the fellowship hall, and will include uh, breakfast or brunch, yeah. egg casseroles, that sort of thing. Uh, so we hope you'll join us on Sunday morning for brunch and then come back to the church on Sunday evening for Christmas Eve worship services. We will do our standard lineup of four Christmas Eve worship services. The first is at two o'clock in the lobby of College View. Um, This is for College View residents and their families that might not be able to get out for Christmas Eve. And if you would prefer that kind of a setting for a Christmas Eve service, you're welcome to join us. The lobby doors will be open. You can come in. We have had people in the past come um, in part, it's still daylight, yeah. uh, whereas our other services all end after it's dark. So people who don't like driving at night, that sort of thing. So 2 p.m. in the lobby of College View, our chancel choir, members of our chancel choir will be there. Uh, our organist will go over there and play the piano. Uh, our organist has invited um, a cello player to play a prelude. It happens to be my daughter, mm-hmm. Esther. So Esther will be doing a cello prelude of some Christmas carols. It'll be great. That's at 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve. 5.30 Christmas Eve in our sanctuary, we have our family-oriented service. Um, that's going to be wonderful. 7.30, we have our more traditional Christmas Eve worship service with our chancel choir. And then at 11 o'clock, we have a contemplative or Vespers style of service. And so four options for you to join us. Well, five options for you to join us on Christmas Eve, right? 10.30 brunch for yeah. Advent 4. 
and then two, 5.30, 7.30, or 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Is that it? I think we've covered all that we need to. All right. Well, then, good deal. Uh, until the, With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.